This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that have tuned in to watch today, and we want you to stay tuned as we discuss this subject about Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen. Please stay tuned. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize this course is free, and we want you to have information about the course. We want you to know how you can order the course, so we're going to take a brief pause. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read today from Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 5. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, And indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. All men through the ages have had some anticipation of life to come. Whether they were savage civilized, educated, uneducated, regardless of who they are, where they are, all people have had some idea about life to come. Well, the Indian, it it was a happy hunting ground. And in anticipation of a future life, he would have his bow and his arrows bared with him. And even though he had somewhat a distorted view of the future life, it does not nullify his claim that a future life does exist. You you see, God so constructed man that, that men through the centuries have believed that there is a life to come. Even people who are unbelievers have had some concept of a future life. On one occasion, Robert Ingersoll was called on to speak at the graveside of an infant. And in so doing, he betrayed his infidelity. 
For as he was standing there, he said, My friends, I know how vain it is to gild a grief with words, and yet I wish to take from every grave its fears. In this life, where, uh, where life and death are equal kings, all should be brave enough to meet what all have met. From the tree of life, buds and blossoms fall with ripened fruit. And in the common bed of earth, babes and patriarchs sleep side by side. We cannot say that death is not good. We do not know whether death is the end of life or the door of another. So in view of the grave, even those who would say they do not believe have some inkling that there might be a life to come. The question has been asked through the centuries, and it's, it's found in Job 14 and verse 14. If a man dies, will he live again? Well, now, how are you going to answer a question like that? Who answers that question for us? And the, every person who is informed in the, with the Bible would have to agree that our belief in a future life comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now the Bible does teach that there is life beyond the grave. Jesus taught that in John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. He said, The hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And so Jesus said, there's life beyond the grave. He even said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So the Bible teaches there is life after death. But how do we know that? I would suggest to you that every individual who goes home to heaven beyond the grave will go there because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and because that individual accepts the doctrine of the resurrection gospel. Make no mistake about it. God is powerful. And God has the power to raise the dead. God is the one who made the, the, the heavens above and the earth beneath. And surely, if God could create man out of the dust of the earth and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, surely a God with that kind of power can cause man to live again. And the Bible teaches that there's going to be a resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the power of God Almighty. According to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. That's found in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. Jesus was raised from the dead by God's marvelous power. We live in a, an outstanding time in history. 
Some have said it's the best of times and the worst of times, and that's up for debate, I suppose. But, but it is a, 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 an amazing time. Think about the technology that people have today. While they're talking about cars that will be driverless cars, that is, they will drive themselves. That, that's amazing, isn't it? There's no telling what there's going to be out in the future. So we live in a very wonderful age in so many ways. And man has made so many advancements. But in spite of all the knowledge that man has, in spite of all of the ability that man has, in spite of all of the advancements that men have made, there is not an individual nor a group of individuals on the face of this earth that can bring an individual back to life after that individual has died. They do not have that power, but God has the power to raise the dead. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, came into this world of sin and suffering and sorrow and was taken by the hands of wicked, lawless men, and he was beaten and scourged until his back looked like an ocean of blood. And then he was taken out to Calvary, Golgotha, and he was nailed to that old rugged cross. And there he was suspended between heaven and earth with the sins of the world upon him. And Jesus Christ was on that cross. And finally there was a soldier that came, pierced his side, and from that wound there came forth blood and water. And his body was taken down from that cross by gentle hands, and he was placed inside a borrowed tomb, a new tomb. And there was a mammoth stone placed against the, uh, uh, the mouth of that tomb. And three days later, Jesus Christ came forth from that tomb, raised from the dead, by the power of God Almighty. God has the power to raise the dead. And Jesus Christ is a living Savior today. Hebrews 7 and 25 says, He ever liveth. Jesus Christ is our contemporary. You could go to the tomb of certain, certain people, and they are still in that tomb. For example... You could go to the grave of John the Baptist. Should we know where it is, he's still in it. We could go to the grave of Abraham. He's still in it. We could go to the grave of, of uh, Alexander Campbell. He's still in it. We could go to the grave of Mary Baker Eddy. She's still in it. You could go to the grave of Mohammed. He's still in it. But you go to the grave of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen from the dead. And my friend, that's the greatest fact in all of human history, that Jesus not only died upon the cross of Calvary, but that he was raised from the dead, never to die again. Somebody said, well, Brother Lambert, I thought their people didn't believe that. Well, that's exactly right. And there are all kinds of ideas that people have about what happened to the body of Jesus. Uh, there, there are some people say, well, you know, Jesus really didn't die on that cross. He just fainted. And then when they got him in the tomb, and it was damp in that tomb, in the dampness of that tomb, 
he revived. And, and then he got out of the grave. Well, now that's a fanciful theory, isn't it? That Jesus did not actually die, but that he fainted on that cross. Well, well first of all, I want you to tell me how an individual who would have been in such a weak physical state as our Lord would have been, would have had the strength, the physical stamina, to roll that giant stone away from the mouth of that tomb. How could he do that? Then how would he be able to overcome those soldiers that were stationed just outside? You see, the, the fact is, he died on the cross, and God raised his son from the dead. Romans chapter 1 and 4 says, Declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. He's declared to be the Son of God, and God declared him to be a son when he was raised from the dead. Somebody says, well, I've always heard that... Uh, People just imagine they saw Jesus after he's supposed to, supposed to have been raised from the dead. That they, they sort of had visions or hallucinations. Well, I suppose a person might imagine they see a certain thing and it might not be true. I recall one Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, I'm driving up an inter interstate and I'm on my way to a place to preach that morning and... And it's, uh, the sun is not quite up good, it's so it's, but, but I, in the distance I can see something by the side of the road. And, and in my mind there was a person by the side of the road and I thought, well that must be a hitchhiker. That's what I thought I saw. But as I got closer, that hitchhiker, believe it or not, turned into a sign. I just imagined I saw something. So I suppose it's possible that people might imagine. I suppose it's possible that two people might imagine they see the same thing. But according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Jesus Christ was seen of over 500 brethren at one time. Over 500 people witnessed the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you going to tell me that all of those people hallucinated? I think not. But then someone says, well, I, I've, I've always heard that, that his body was stolen out of the grave. Someone says, well, I, I think that maybe his enemies took the, the body out of the grave. Well, first of all, there was a death penalty connected with taking a body out of a grave. That is tampering with a grave. But friends, they had Jesus where they wanted him. They, they wanted him in the grave. They wanted him dead. What motive did they have for taking his body? Now just suppose they had taken his body. Well, when Peter began to preach Jesus' resurrection a few days later on the day of Pentecost in the city of Jerusalem as is recorded in your Bible in the second chapter of Acts, and he talked in verses 22, 23, and 24 and following, about Jesus' resurrection, and even quoted a prophecy that Peter made back in Psalm 16 about Jesus' future resurrection. 
and said, He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, why didn't those enemies produce the body of Jesus and say, No, you're teaching a falsehood, and Jesus is a fraud, and Jesus is a liar. I'll tell you the reason they didn't do that. They didn't have that body. He died on that cross. And after three days, God raised his son from the dead. And he is alive forevermore. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead by the power of God. And you know, the, the resurrection is so important. The, the resurrection of Jesus Christ tells me that I cannot trust my soul to anyone other than the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, so-and-so said, or this preacher said, or this preacher said. Let me tell you, I'm going to trust Jesus more than anyone else. I'm going to trust Jesus more than anyone else. He's number one. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if Jesus Christ, our resurrected Savior, our living Lord, said that He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life, I'm going to listen to Him. You know, the only way we can be saved is through Jesus. And He's not one of many saviors. He's the only one. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. He's the only Savior. So, His resurrection from the dead tells me I can trust Him with my soul. And whatever He tells me to do, I'm going to do it because Jesus said so. His resurrection tells me that death has been defeated. Someone said the day Jesus was raised from the dead is the day death died, and that's true, isn't it? He was raised from the dead, the first fruits of them that sleep, raised from the dead to die no more. And we can have victory through Jesus. In, in that great resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 57, Paul said, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death is not the champion of my life. I have life to come because of Jesus. So sometimes we go out to the cemetery and we, we, we carry a loved one out there after they've died. And you stand there before that open grave and the minister stands and says a few words trying to you know, to comfort the family and trying to say words that will help us feel better and be able to face the future. But when you stand there and you look at that open grave, it looks like death is conquered. But because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead by the power of God, I know that one day that my body is in the heart of the earth, that I will be raised from the dead by God Almighty.
But when I think about Jesus' resurrection, it tells me that God raised Jesus to get people to live right. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if all people would live right? Wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody believed in Jesus and, and they loved Jesus and they wanted to live right? Well, you see, God raised him from the dead to get us to, to believe and to repent of our sins and, and to be baptized for the remission of our sins. In the 16th chapter of Luke, Jesus talked about a, a rich man clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. There was a beggar named Lazarus that laid at his gate full of sores, and both of the men died. And the rich man lift up his eyes in torment. He saw Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Send Lazarus that he may dip at the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. And, of course, his request was denied. Well, he said, Send him to my father's house. He said, I've got five brothers. They're on their way to torment. He said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear then. He said, He said, No, Father. If, listen to him, if someone went unto them from the dead, they would repent. You know what that poor man believed? That poor man believed that if someone was raised from the dead, went back to his father's house, that his brothers would repent. I want you to know we have that one that's resurrected. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead that, that men might believe on him, that they might repent of their sins, and that they may in submission be baptized for the forgiveness or the, or the removal of their sins. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. When people ask on the day of Pentecost, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is so important. So suppose that Jesus could be on our telecast today. Suppose Jesus were to deliver today his great resurrection message. That is what Jesus said after he was raised from the dead. What would he say? Well, according to Matthew's gospel, Jesus said, All power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. According to Mark's gospel, that resurrection message, a part of it at least was, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now, in Luke's gospel... Jesus said that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Now, if we honor that message, there's some things that must be true. Number one, God's people must be an evangelistic people. We must go into all of the world and preach the gospel. Secondly, we must tell man they should repent of their sins. Repentance must be preached to all the nations. Remission of sins follows a person having obeyed the gospel by believing and repenting and being baptized. 
You see, we must teach men what to do to be saved if we honor that message. Have you ever been baptized into Christ that your sins be washed away? You say, well, I've been thinking about that, Brother Lambert. Let, let, let me encourage you not to hesitate and delay any longer along that line. Je- Jesus is risen. There's no doubt about it. One lawyer said that's the greatest, that's the most uh, 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 attested incident in all of history that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And, and so men have not been able to disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They may think they have, but it's important for us to believe in his resurrection. And Jesus Christ was raised from the dead that we might be forgiven of our sins, that we might believe on him. Romans 1, 4 says, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection. God raised Jesus from the dead to declare his divine sonship. He raised him from the dead for our justification. He was wounded for our offenses, raised for our justification. Let me give you a third reason he was raised from the dead. To let all men know for all time to come there's going to be a judgment. In Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, the times of this ignorance God winked at. But but now command of all men everywhere to repent because he's appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. But by that man whom he hath ordained, in that, he hath, in that he hath raised him from the dead. When God raised Jesus from the dead, that was to let all men know for all time to come that one day we're going to be in the judgment. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you a Christian? Do what Jesus said. Please let me implore you as a believer in Jesus, as a penitent believer in Jesus, as a confessing believer in Jesus, would you not be baptized into Christ? Can we assist you in your obeying the gospel? I want to thank you for watching today. Let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community and also right now, Request the free Bible correspondence course. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.